0: Welcome to Wikipedia Audiobook. My name is Dan Hewan and today I will be reading the Wikipedia article for the Power Mac G4 Cube. Today's date is November 9th, 2022. This article is being read verbatim with no opinion or commentary added. The Power Mac G4 Cube is a Macintosh personal computer sold by Apple Computer Incorporated between July 2000 and 2001. Designed by Jonathan Ive, the Cube was conceived by Apple Chief Executive Officer Steve Jobs, who held an interest in a powerful miniaturized desktop computer. Apple's designers developed new technologies and manufacturing methods for the product. A 7.7 inch or 20 centimeter cubic computer housed in clear acrylic glass. Apple positioned the Cube in the middle of its product range between the consumer iMac G3 and the professional PowerMac G4. The Cube was announced to the general public at the Macworld Expo on July 19, 2000. The Cube won awards and plaudits for its design upon release but reviews noted the high cost of the machine compared to its power, its limited expendability, and cosmetic defects. The product was an immediate commercial failure, selling only 150,000 units before production was suspended within a year of its announcement. The Cube was one of the rare failures for the company under jobs, after a successful period that brought the company back from the brink of bankruptcy. However, it ultimately proved influential to future Apple products, from the iPod to the Mac Mini. The Museum of Modern Art, located in New York City, holds a G4 Cube as part of its collection. Overview The PowerMac G4 Cube is a small cubic computer suspended in a 7.7 by 7.7 by 9.8 inch acrylic glass enclosure. In centimeters, that's 20 by 20 by 25. The designers intended the transparent plastic to give the impression that the computer is floating. The enclosure houses the computer's vital functions, including a slot loading optical disk drive. The Cube requires a separate monitor with either an Apple Display connector or a Video Graphics Array connection That's ADC or VGA. The machine has no fan to move air and heat through the case. Instead, it is passively cooled with heat dissipated via a grill at the top of the case. The base model shipped with a 450 MHz PowerPC G4 processor, 64 MB of RAM, 20 GB of hard drive, and an ATI Rage 128 MB Pro video card. A higher-end model with a 500 MHz processor, double the RAM, and a 30GB hard drive was available only through Apple's online store. To fit the components of a personal computer in the case's confined space, the Cube does not feature expansion slots. It does have a video card and a standard accelerated graphics port AGP, slot, but cannot fit a full-length card. The power supply is located externally to save space, and the Cube features no input or outputs for audio on the machine itself. Instead, the Cube ship with round Harman Kardon speakers and a digital amplifier attached to the computer via USB. Despite its size, the Cube fits three RAM slots, two FireWire 400 ports, and two USB 1.1 ports for connecting peripherals in its frame. These ports and the power cable are located on the underside of the machine. Access to the machine's internal components is accomplished by inverting the unit and using a pop-out handle to slide the entire internal assembly out from the shell. Development The Cube was an important product to Apple, and especially to Apple CEO Steve Jobs, who said the idea for the product came from his own desires as a computer user for something between the iMac and Power Mac G4. Quote, I wanted the flat panel cinema display, but I don't need the features of the Power Mac, he told Newsweek. Job's minimalist aesthetic influenced the core components of the design from the lack of a mechanical power button to the trayless optical drive and a quiet fanless operation. The design team at Apple, led by Jonathan Ive, attempted to fit the power of a desktop in a much smaller form factor. Ive saw traditional desktop tower computers as lazy, designed around what was easiest for engineers. The Cube represented an internal shift in Apple as the designers held increasing sway over product design. The New York Times called the Cube, quote, pure industrial design hearkening to the Bauhaus concepts. The Cube represented an effort by Apple to simplify the computer to its barest essentials. Journalist Jason Snell called the machine an example of Jobs and Ives' obsession with a quote, black box, a dense, miniaturized computer hidden within a pleasing shell hiding the magic of its technology. As the Cube has no fan, the design started with the heatsink. The power button that turned on with a wave or touch was accomplished via the use of capacitive sensing. The proprietary plastics formula for the housing took Apple six months to develop. Efforts spent developing the Cube would pioneer new uses and processes for materials at Apple that benefited later products. Because of the technology included in the Cube, Apple's engineers had a tough time keeping the total cost low. Advertising director Ken Segal recalled that Jobs learned of the product's price shortly before an ad agency meeting and was left visibly shaken by the news, realizing that the high price of $17.99 might cause the product's failure. Release and Reception Rumors of a cube-shaped Apple computer leaked weeks in advance, and some sites posted purported pictures. The G4 Cube was announced at Macworld Expo on July 19, 2000 as an end-of-show, quote, One More Thing. Jobs touted it as combining the power of the Power Mac G4 with a sleek design and miniaturization Apple learned from producing the iMac. Alongside the Cube, Apple introduced a new mouse, keyboard, and displays to complement the machine. The machine's size and looks were immediately divisive, which Macworld editor Andrew Gore took as an indication that Apple had succeeded in creating a cutting-edge product. The design was a point of praise as well as jokes. The computer was compared to a Borg Cube, toasters, or a box of Kleenex tissues. Others compared it to the next Cube. Ive and the design team were so amused by the comparison to a tissue box that they used a spare Cube shell for that purpose in their studio. Reviews were generally positive. Peter H. Lewis, writing for the New York Times, called the computer the most attractive on the market, and that the machine, combined with Apple's displays and peripherals, created desk sculpture. PC Magazine Australia said that after changing the look of computers with the iMac, the G4 Cube had raised the bar for competitors even further. Gore called the Cube a work of art that felt more like sculpture than a piece of technology, but noted that one had to live with compromises made in the service of art. Walt Mossberg, writing for the Wall Street Journal, called it the most gorgeous personal computer that he'd ever seen. Critics noted that to get easy access to plug and unplug peripherals, users would have to tip the entire machine, risking accidental sleep activation or dropping the slippery plastic computer entirely. Macworld found the touch-sensitive power button too sensitive, and they accidentally activated sleep mode regularly. They also reported that the stock 5,400 RPM hard drive and 64 megs of RAM on the base model slowed the system considerably. The Cube won several International Design Awards on release, as well as PC Magazine's Best Desktop Computer for its Technical Innovation Awards. The G4 Cube and its peripherals were acquired and showcased by the Museum of Modern Art alongside other Apple products. Sales The introduction of the Cube did not fit with the focused product lineup Jobs had introduced since his return to Apple, leaving it without a clear audience. It was as expensive as a similarly equipped Power Mac, but did not feature extra room for more storage or PCI slots. It was likewise much more expensive than an upgraded consumer iMac. Jobs imagined that creative professionals and designers would want one, and that the product was so great that it would inform buying patterns. Sales for the Cube were much lower than expected. Returning from the brink of bankruptcy, Apple had 11 profitable quarters before the Cube's announcement. But Apple's end-of-year financials for 2000 missed predicted revenues by $180 million. Part of the drop in profit was attributed to the Cube, which sold only a third as many units as Apple had expected, creating a $90 million shortfall in their revenue targets. The Cube counted for 29000 of the Macs Apple shipped in the quarter, compared to 308000 iMacs. Retailers were awash in excess product, leaving Apple with a large amount of unsold inventory heading into 2001. They expected to last until March. The computer appealed to high-end consumers who wanted a small and sleek design, but Jobs admitted that audience was smaller than expected. In February 2001, Apple lowered the price on the 500 MHz model and added new memory, hard drive, and graphics. These updates made little difference, and sales continued to decline. The Cube sold 12,000 units in the first quarter of 2001, representing just 1.6% of the company's total computer sales. In addition to the product's high price, the Cube suffered from cosmetic issues. Early buyers noticed cracks caused by the injection-molded plastic process. The idea of a design-focused product having aesthetic flaws turned into a negative public relations story for Apple and dissuaded potential buyers for whom the design was its main appeal. The Cube's radical departure from a conventional personal computer alienated potential buyers and exacerbated Apple's struggles in the market competing with the performance of Windows PCs. Macworld's Benj Edwards wrote that consumers treated the Cube as an underpowered, overexpensive toy or an emotionally inaccessible ultra-geometric gray box suspended in an untouchable glass prison. The lack of internal expansion and reliance on less common USB and firewire peripherals also hurt the computer's chances of success. Despite Jobs' clear love of the computer, he was quick to axe the underperforming product. On July 3, 2001, an Apple press release made the unusual statement that the computer, rather than being cancelled or discontinued, was having its production suspended indefinitely, owing to low demand. Apple did not rule out an upgraded Cube model in the future, but considered it unlikely. Business journalist Karen Blumenthal called the Cube Jobs' first big failure since his return to Apple. Jobs' ability to quickly move on the mistake left the Cube a blip in Apple's history, according to Seagal. A quickly forgotten failure amidst other successful innovations. Legacy Though Apple CEO Tim Cook called the Cube a spectacular failure and the product sold only 150,000 units before being discontinued, it became highly popular with a small but enthusiastic group of fans. Macworld's Benj Edwards wrote that the Cube was a product ahead of its time. Its appeal to a dedicated group of fans, years after it was discontinued, was a testament to its vision. After its discontinuation, the product fetched high prices from resellers, and a cottage industry developed, selling upgrades and modifications to make the machine run faster or cooler. John Gruber wrote 20 years after its introduction that the Cube was a worthy failure. Powerful computers needed to get smaller, quieter, and more attractive. The Cube pushed the the state-of-the-art forward. CNET called the machine an iconic example of Millennium-era design. Its unconventional and futuristic appearance earned it a spot as a prop in several films and television shows, including Absolutely Fabulous, The Drew Carey Show, Orange County, and 24. 16 Cubes were also used to power the displays of the computer consoles in Star Trek Enterprise. Although the Cube failed commercially, it influenced future Apple products. The efforts at miniaturizing computer components would benefit future computers like the flat-screen iMac G4. The efforts Apple spent learning how to precision machine parts of the cube would be integral to the design of aluminum MacBooks. The Mac Mini fit an entire computer in a shell one-fifth the size of the Cube and retained some of the Cube's design philosophies. In comparison to the high price of the Cube, the Mini retailed for $499 and became a successful product that remains part of Apple's lineup. The translucent Cube shape would return with the design for the flagship Apple Fifth Avenue store in New York City. Capacitive touch would reappear in the iPod and iPhone lines, and the Cube's vertical thermal design and lattice grille pattern were echoed by the 2013 and 2019 versions of the Mac Pro. We encourage you to check out the specifications table on this article it goes over machines introduced in july 2000 as well as february 2001. thank you so much for listening and we just want to remind you that we don't answer any questions about these articles in the comments if you are interested in checking out this article please go ahead and look up powermac g4 on wikipedia thank you my name is dan you can also check me out on my youtube channel canadian computer collector take care and have a good night